You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer, and as always, with my friend and co-host, Bart Kaler. Today, we talk to Owen Knight. He is the Director of Admission Engagement in the Office of Undergrad Admission at Tulane University. And this conversation is very energetic. You'll get to know him as someone that is not only knowledgeable, but has a lot of energy within him. Our topic today successful, relevant, and timely admission marketing techniques, plus a little bit about his journey as a recent reality TV star. Bart, I think I can speak for both of us that we really enjoyed our conversation and we learned from Owen as a result of the conversation. Oh, yeah. Owen brought an A-game to the to the conversation today. I really, really liked a lot of what he talked about. We spent a decent amount of time talking about vertical video, whether it's in TikTok or Instagram or YouTube shorts. But he also kind of really, you know, interjected some things that are a little bit outside of the box in the way that you might think about, you know, Comflow and admissions uh, marketing and enrollment marketing really has a great deal of thought in what he says. And he's, uh, he's got a lot of really practical advice. So it was a great conversation. Here's our conversation with Owen Knight of Tulane University. Owen, we're going to ask you to kick off the conversation by sharing something that you've learned recently that you would deem either interesting or just worth sharing. Well, today I actually learned a new word. We were in scholarship review committee uh, for one of our creative scholarships, our full tuition scholarship, the Dean's Honor, uh, and a student put in a project about the concept of the word sonder. Um, I don't know if either of you have heard of this word, but it's the whole concept of the realization that when you're walking down the street and you pass pass by someone, uh, you come to the realization that they are equally as important and have as full of a life as you do. And, you know, we move through life thinking about all these random people we see, all the passersby, and just think of them as these kind of side characters or just furnishings to our own kind of main character story. But that, that kind of realization that everyone has as interesting of a story as we do. Um, so I thought it was pretty profound and interesting and uh, not a word I hear every day, for sure. Wow. I feel like we could mic drop right now and be done. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that was what I would call interestingly deep. Thank you, Owen. There you go. We have Owen You're Knight welcome. from Tulane. Uh, please let us know what you do, what your role is at Tulane, so we can kind of give the foundation for our conversation today. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, again, my name is Owen Knight. I am Director of Engagement here at Tulane in the Undergrad Admission Office. So that role was kind of born out of my interest in social media, in engagement, and working with a lot of our base here. So working to outward facing with students, with school counselors, with parents. So I oversee our video team, a lot of our social media communications, and a lot about our visit experience as well. Thank you. And 
one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the podcast, I guess I should say two reasons. Number one, you are an interesting human being. And secondly, you are a wonderful content creator that does interesting things. So if you could go a little deeper in your role when it comes to content creation, but you know, we just need to get this out there. You also have been on TV, so if you would, to the degree that you, <laughs> to the degree that you're able to describe, please give our listeners that. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't want to bury the lead here, but um, <laughs> recently I was on a little old program called Survivor over on CBS. I was on the 43rd season. I won't say what place I got in case anyone wants to go back and watch, but uh, it was a, a dream of a lifetime getting to go on the show. I've been a fan for years. And uh, if anyone's watching on video, you can see I've got a couple Survivor posters in my office. So <laughs> I've been watching since it came out back in you know 2001, been applying for a few years and it, it all came to fruition this year. I was out there in May and uh, the airing just wrapped up in uh, last month, December 14th was the finale. So that was very, very exciting. And juggling that with my role in the admissions office, I got to thank Tulane for letting me go and letting me uh, watch all the episodes and maybe take a sick day or two on Thursdays after the episode <laughs> to watch it again. But uh, yeah, I, as I mentioned, my title's engagement. A lot of what I do is outward facing and content creator. That was a really generous uh, title you gave me there, but I, I guess it is kind of true. Um, we have done, I think, a very good job in the social media space with our Instagram and, and more recently our TikTok account in meeting students where they are. And especially during the peak of the COVID pandemic through 2020, really kind of churning out a lot of content on my own from my apartment and trying to synthesize these these ideas about Tulane and about admissions in general, these college tips on a platform that the students were using. And I got to say, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I think everyone who listens to this, and you and I talked prior to the to the recording, is that we have a broad range of listeners. I mean, we've got little tiny colleges that have you know, 50 to 200 students. We've got large D1 schools out there. We've got privates in between and publics in between. But I think one of the things that is pretty common for all of them is that all of them have a social media presence. Now, what we want to talk about that, that there's a whole host of different ways. Some of them are just using it as a megaphone to just uh, repeat their PR some of them are just using it as a reminder for transactional data. But you guys are really doing some really creative things there at Tulane, and you kind of talked about it starting during the, the pandemic and, and you doing a lot of it in your apartment. But help me understand it and maybe kind of talk to the audience a little bit about how you're approaching it differently than, you know, maybe what you see some other schools that are doing it. I mean, not, not that I want you to drop names, but there's a certain way that you're doing things in the way that you are students of the social media platforms that makes a difference at Tulane. I think that's a good way you framed it in that we are, I, I would never claim to be an expert on social media, right? Or never claim that. I'm not sure there's anybody that could user. claim that. So no, no, that's exactly right. Cause the way you said it, we are students of the platforms. It's constantly moving. It's constantly shifting. And that's what makes it fun. You know, the TikTok algorithm is such a fickle thing and trying to learn how to corral it and harness it to the best that you can is a constant challenge. You know, one day you might spend four hours editing a video and get three views on it. And another day you might just hit record for 15 seconds and post it willy nilly and all of a sudden it blows up. So I've really enjoyed over really the past like decade working with social media and, and watching it evolve and learning in different ways that you can use it. Because I started 
worth the admissions office when I was a sophomore at Tulane back in 2012, I started in the admissions office. And uh, that was the first time we were hiring social media interns. And it started with helping with the class of 2017 Facebook page. It started with the creation of our Instagram account and watching this transition of it being a place where we just shared pretty pictures of the oak trees on campus (laughs) to now this really powerful medium to reach potentially millions of students has been really, really fun. Part of what I see happening is that because too many times the social media managers also have wear other hats. Um, you you wear a lot of hats, but I think you've you're given a little bit more um, uh, you know discretion to be able to focus in on on social media the way that you all have. I think too many times social media is kind of seen as oh I got to post something today. Let me go out and post something really quick, um, as opposed to really being the students of the social media platforms, being a student of knowing what's trending on TikTok, knowing what's, you know, what's trending right now, what songs. I mean, I was listening to XM Satellite Radio the other day, and they've got an entire station just for trending TikTok music. (laughs) What they do is they basically go in and they figure out what's trending on TikTok. You can go listen to it on Sirius XM. Brilliant move. But I think that that's part of what we've got to understand is why that's trending and how we can speak into that. So how are you guys doing that? That has been something that is a constant challenge because as you mentioned, I do wear a lot of hats. I'm still counseling my students from Georgia and Maryland. I'm still meeting with families when they come to campus. So I really am appreciative for my team here in the admissions office, as well as our student workers. Just like how I said, I was a social media intern as an undergrad. I've got a couple undergrads that work the desk for us here in the office that are really kind of my conduits into Gen Z and their sense of humor and what's really kind of up and coming. Because as much as I I enjoy spending time on the platform, I can't be on TikTok all the time. So it is really nice having a couple spies in there for me, kind of sending me sounds and trends that are going on. And I really enjoy it as almost this like thought exercise or it's almost a comedy exercise. It reminds me of, I, I watched this documentary series on Amazon Prime called Inside Jokes about the uh, Just for Laughs comedy festival and, you know, the evolution of writing a stand-up set and, and how you kind of tinker with it as you go. And I think for me, it's like the idea of writing a joke or writing a, a script for a TikTok is very similar to comedy in that way, in that you are workshopping things and that you've got kind of this funny idea and you need to present the best way to package it. And it's been a really fun time just like having this exercise with my students of finding funny ways to relate whatever is trending to Tulane, to New Orleans, to college in general. And I think we are fortunate in that we don't have to keep the content 100% to Tulane. A lot of what we do has been trying to be more uh, in the, the corner of access and accessibility and trying to reach as many students as possible, regardless of if they're applying to Tulane or not and just providing general college advice. And applying to college is such a daunting, I don't wanna say universal, but a a shared experience among a ton of teenagers and being able to reach all of them, even if they don't apply to our school, has been excellent. And I think that one of the things that I wanted to point out that I think you guys are doing well and the people that are succeeding on social media are doing well, is that you're getting that information out, but you're doing it in an in a what I like to call an edutainment way. You're, you're, you're entertaining somebody while you give them education. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Ardeo Education Solutions. Ardeo helps colleges and universities 
increase access to education while giving students and families financial peace of mind. Ardeo's Loan Repayment Assistance Programs, known as LRAPs, help students with modest incomes repay their federal student, parent plus, and private loans. Ardeo's LRAPs give students the confidence they need to enroll and are a win-win for your institution. To learn more about Ardeo and see case studies from institutions like yours, visit ardeo.org. That's A-R-D-E-O dot org. Welcome back. Let's rejoin the conversation right here on the Higher Ed Marketer. That's what's critical about these social media platforms that I think a lot of schools, one, are not brave enough to do, and two, not sure how to do that. So how do you guys deal with that? Because I'm sure that that's come up sometimes. Absolutely. And I, I might have to steal that title, edutainer. I'll put that on my resume. <laughs> You're welcome to it. I, thank you. Yeah, I think that's the key. I, I really do think, you know, for anyone listening to this podcast, like thinking about content creation or getting on these apps, I think there is a very fine line you need to tightrope with the, the idea of trying too hard and giving off the whole, the Steve Buscemi, how do you do fellow kids type of energy, right? You want to make sure that Yes, you are being approachable and meeting the students where they are. But the last thing you want to come off as to Gen Z is that you're coming off as trying too hard. Right. Right. So finding a way to provide something that they might not know or, or teaching them something or even give, giving them the tiniest nugget of wisdom, but in a way that will capture their attention, make them laugh a little bit. I, I think it only increases the positive feelings that go along with your institution if you're able to reach them in that way. And like you mentioned before, I am pretty fortunate that I have a lot of leash to work with and a, a lot of leeway and I've built trust over the past, you know, five, 10 years in the office and that they know that, yes, I might push the envelope sometimes, but usually I know how to kind of when to stop. But I, I think for anyone listening who is either trying to add this to their own portfolio or manages someone who is trying to get into this space, I think you need to trust them. I really do think that having that confidence and that that belief in your team that you can thread the needle is really important. So it's, I, I keep saying it's fun, but it, it really is. I enjoy it so much and it's really fun for me too. It really doesn't feel like work when, I, when I'm TikToking for the office. Yeah, that's good. And I, I, I do wanna, I know we've talked a lot about TikTok and before we get to the next question, I did wanna just clarify a couple of things. Are you guys looking at any other social media platforms? Because I know that there's, um, you know, there's a lot of odd things going on at Twitter right now. We don't know where things are going with that. Um, yeah, TikTok. You know, there's talk about you know a lot of states are starting to outlaw it from from you know state devices. So a lot of the state schools that are listening might be saying, okay, this is great. I would love to be able to do what Owen's doing, but you know what? I was just informed that I can't do TikTok anymore, or we can't start that program up. What other platforms are you paying attention to or you guys utilizing as well? We aren't utilizing it as much as I wish we were, but Instagram Reels, I think, is a nice kind of middle ground where I'm noticing more and more those are getting pushed to my home screen. Those are getting pushed to my friends, my fiance every night. She's just looking at Reels and Reels and Reels. And actually, it's kind of a nice time to be thinking more about Reels because a lot of the trends you're seeing on Reels happened on TikTok a couple of weeks ago. So you can kind of chase that trend and catch it on TikTok. Maybe if you're a little late to the party on TikTok, you can then bring it to Reels and be on time there. And Instagram really is, to me, in my head, kind of like the, the king of social media and really the top performer, the place where most people are spending their time. And 
I think reels are going to continue to grow, especially with the uncertainty of some of these platforms. Um, we've kicked the tires on a couple things over the year. I don't know if you remember Periscope. Mm-hmm. Uh, we looked at maybe starting a clubhouse at one point yep. or another, and it's been hit or miss. But I, I think part of the beauty of this kind of line of work and this element of higher ed is the experimentation of it. And you know, every once in a while, you you waste a little time and you get on a platform that doesn't take off much, or you don't find an audience. But uh, you can find a lot of diamonds in the rough, or find the next big thing and be one of the first people there too. To help achieve success within admissions specifically and the outreach that you do, you've spoken about the platforms, but would love to hear your philosophies on what you lean into, especially around quantity. That's something that I'm hearing, especially with these shorts that you need to post a lot. If you could expand on your philosophies at Tulane. I think I might differ from some other content creators because you know, I'm not trying to become an influencer. I don't necessarily ever envision us having hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers. So I err more on the side of I'd rather do it right and just post it when it's good and not go chasing something just for the sake of posting something. Um, however, I was listening to a, another episode of y'all's with Rob Clark uh, that, that you did, and he was talking about um, how he's doing two to four posts a day for his institution. And that that takes some serious legwork. So if you have the the power to do that and the time to do that, more power to you. But I think if you are like me and you have other things going on and you have other job responsibilities and social media is not 100% of your job description, I kind of lean more towards the side of trusting my students and uh, taking our shots when they're going to count. But I know not everyone's going to agree with me. And, and that's that's the beauty of it. Well, based on that, let me ask you a quick question because I, I don't think we ever covered this. I mean, a lot of people also I hear say, well, I would love to do what Owen's doing. But, you know, if my board gets word of that or if that major donor saw that dance that somebody did, I'm not sure that that would go over well. How does that work out for you guys? Yeah, well, fortunately, I don't ever dance in our videos because I think we would, lose, we would lose a lot of money if I did do that. But <laughs> I, I mean, I acknowledge and, and I, I will say I am an interesting person to talk to about this because I'm so fortunate that I work at Tulane. I work at my alma mater. I work at a school that is not afraid to not take itself 100% seriously all of the time, right? Like we know we're a great school. We know we provide a world-class education, but we also know we're fun. Like it's, we live in New Orleans. Like it's, there's this natural lightness to the Tulane experience and kind of this lack of cutthroat nature amongst our students and this, this kind of air of authenticity that I think was very refreshing for me when I was looking at the school, but it also kind of translates into our office culture a bit. So I am very, very privileged in my role that I am able to push the envelope a little more, but to folks who maybe are struggling with some red tape in their roles, I would, I would like advise them to try to sit down with their manager or one of the higher ups and just have a real conversation, show them some case studies, show them some examples of the success and remind them that you are ultimately selling an experience, Mm -hmm. right? Like higher education, getting your degree, like, yes, obviously a big part of it is the piece of paper at the end and the classroom hours you'll be getting, but so much of the college experience is spent outside of the classroom and it's the friends you make and the restaurants you eat at and the places around campus you're walking to and leaning into that in an approachable way, I think is equally, if not more valuable than just touting academics all the time. So um, I, I think you need to really 
find a way to relate to the students in a way that is, of course, appropriate. But I don't think you need to hamstring yourself from having fun and still being able to provide the messaging in the way that you want. One question that I have kind of in relation to that and going back a little bit what you said earlier you know, obviously you've got multiple hats that you're wearing and we haven't gone into all of your roles and, and we can certainly do that and maybe have you come back on another, uh, you know, another, <laughs> another episode. And, and, and just in full transparency, we were introduced through um, the college tour. You guys, you know, mm-hmm. had, had worked with them and, and Alex and everybody and great, great team over there. But one of the questions that I have specifically going back to maybe some of the social media is how are you using, I mean, since you can't, pay attention to TikTok all the time. Are you using students to help you with this? Do you have, do you have a, a group of students that you work with there in the enrollment office that help with the social media? Yeah, I have some incredible student workers that work under me here. And, and honestly, I don't even view it that they're working under me. Like I, I am buddy buddy with these kids. Like they're really incredible. And um, like you said, I can't be scrolling TikTok at all hours of the night. I mean, I had a very busy fall with the show. I'm traveling a lot for work. I'm trying to plan my wedding. Right. Like, I just can't be on there all the time. But our student workers, um, they're they're incredible. So I mostly work with our admission interns. These are we have about 20 of them that work in our office. They answer the phones at the desk. They answer the general emails. They help greet our visitors when they come to campus. And that's a role I had when I was an undergrad. And we're constantly picking their brains in terms of our marketing emails. We're talking to them about you know, surveys that are going out, swag items we can mail to students. And that just kind of naturally flowed into social media trends, uh, messaging, and just trying to the spaces we're trying to use there. So I trust our students a lot. And I know that they are kind of my my inside look into kind of the Gen Z way of thinking. And I, I love Gen Z a lot. I think they're very sharp. I think they're very self-aware. I love their sense of humor. I think that they are t- doing the best that they can with this kind of uh, uncertain time that they're living in. You know, so many of them were uh, robbed of their high school graduation ceremony or their freshman orientation. and. I think they've taken it in stride and are trying to cope with humor and it really speaks to my sense of humor as well. So I have a lot of fun working with our students. I'm glad to hear that because I think that there's an opportunity there that it's kind of a built-in focus group and and it's built in, you know, expertise that everybody has. I mean, I don't care again what size school you are, you have that generation around you and you can you can leverage that to to bounce ideas off of and and do those things. And I guess without going into too much detail and giving away too many secrets, what's your process like? I mean, do you guys meet regularly just to kind of come up with ideas or is it a little bit more organic than that or or are you willing to share any of that? Yeah, absolutely happy to share. It it definitely is a bit more organic. Um Honestly, I wish I had more structured meetings with them, but the thing is so much of what we do is by the seat of our pants. And I think that's just the nature of virality and how the internet works. Like I remember one of our most successful marketing emails ever was about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. You know, when the whole debate was coming out, whether Popeye's or Chick-fil-A had a better chicken sandwich, Mm -hmm. we just sent out a quick email that had a survey. It's like, which do you prefer? Um, Same thing happened with the Yanny versus Laurel, that audio clip. Did you, do y'all remember that? Yeah, the Yanny versus Laurel. We sent it, it was this robotic voice saying Laurel, Laurel, but some people heard it as Yanny. And we were all at the desk, like, listen to this. What is happening? What is happening? And we were all just like, what if we just put a poll up? Like, what if we just send an email real quick? So, so much of it is organic and natural. And I know one of my flaws as a professional is kind of 
I am more prone to improvising mm-hmm. and yeah, I have a very structured calendar and things, but um, sometimes I need to force myself to do that. So I think my advice to anyone listening would be to have maybe monthly check-ins or bi-weekly check-ins and just kind of see how things are going, maybe get some more boilerplate scheduled content out there, but also just like have that room for flexibility, have your door open, be open to the students popping their head in and say, hey, I saw something funny. Do you think we could do something with this? Because you never know. And and like you said, they are experts. Like at the end of the day, no matter how much time I spend on Instagram or TikTok or how, however many memes I'm in on, I'm still 30 years old. Like I am not right. in the same algorithm as these kids. So yeah, using them to your benefit is is tremendous and making them feel heard and valued, I think has, has taken me a long way. We've talked about social media a lot. Would like to know about video. You also oversee the video, uh, what goes on and how things are created. Is that true? That is, yes. yes. So here in the admissions office, we've got a creative team and we are so, so fortunate to have a very talented uh, video producer working with us. His name's Stuart Socks. Nobody ever contact him. Leave him alone. Um, but Stuart is incredibly talented. He's been with us for a few years now, and um, he's done a few documentary features. And he's just got this really nice ability to tell a story, really good sound bites through the interviews he conducts. And so we as a team have really done this kind of um, synthetic job of meshing our email communications with our videos and finding ways to use points through the admissions calendar for different calls to action and then packaging it in different ways. So when we know, okay, August 1st is coming up, our application's about to open, let's get a big, nice, sexy video to put together to really get kids excited about the Tulane experience. And Stuart will work with us, we'll do brainstorming meetings, we'll talk with our students, and we'll put something together and then package that into emails and then make a vertical version for TikTok and then utilize that in a, in a myriad of different ways to then reach people in the mediums that are appropriate and send it off to counselors and parents as well. We are very fortunate that we saw the value in investing in that team and bringing a lot of our copywriting, our email marketing in-house. And along with that came came our video team as well. And that is, uh, that's been a lot, a lot on my plate, but I'm so fortunate that not only Stuart is very talented in his craft, he's also extremely organized and can manage a lot of those projects for me. That's great. I think that, like, as you said, I think when we talk about the language, especially for traditional undergrad generation Z, video has to be part of the playbook. And the fact that you've got a, a very talented producer there that can help you guide that. But even uh, I often tell people, I said, even, you know, don't use that as an excuse because sometimes I'll hear, well, we, we just couldn't find somebody to do videos. So we're just not going to do video. And I, I always hold up my phone and I say, you know what, your, what's in your back pocket is more powerful than what they had in a broadcast studio 15 years ago. So there's really no excuses. You can go to Amazon and buy a $15, you know, lavalier mic that plugs in, you know, go stand by a window or get, you know, get a ring light and just get it done. And so yep. um, I, I have to believe that you guys see that already is that that is the that is the language that students want to hear. They want to be able to watch a video and they'll watch a two minute video quicker than they will read a th- two page article. I mean, that's that's the way that they're going to be. Video is the medium that the students are using. Video is such a uh, versatile tool as well. And so much you can do so much in terms of changing the tone and 
choosing music and figuring out a way to tug on the emotions that you want to hit and package it correctly. And it just gives you so many more options, I think. And uh, I completely agree. Their students are much more open to it, receptive of it. And then you can even get into the whole space with promoting your videos or pushing them out and getting them in front of more people. And if you're producing good stuff, you might end up with those random applicants that just happen to see your, one of your videos and and check out your website from there. Just out of curiosity, because I know that you guys understand it and, and understand content and video and social, how many pieces do you think that you get out of one piece of content, out of one video? That's a great question. I gotta say at least like three to six, maybe. Like yeah. we, we can really repackage these things and use them for different events and different times a year or, or just update them and tinker with them year over year. It's been extremely helpful. And to have this library in our back pocket of content that we all own and all the raw files and everything and being able to swap things out or add things in or reshoot and then just send it out the next year, um, it can end up, it seems like a big investment at the beginning, but I think in the long run, it really can save you a lot of headaches as you're trying to you know, pivot on a dime and really uh, meet a deadline or figure out an, a, an upcoming event. Like a couple years ago, we had this random idea for a Mardi Gras inspired ASMR video. And we've gotten so much play out of that. And that, that's just one little example yeah. uh, that is very topical. Yeah, I have to imagine. I mean, putting it on the website would be one. Making it vertical for, for social media could be two and three. You know, being able to create a GIF out of it or drop in something mm -hmm. on an email could be four and five. Being able to meme it and create something out of it for other <laughs> things. I mean, there's just so many ways to go. And, and you can even then transcribe it and turn it into a blog post. I mean, there's a ton of ways yep. to do it. And so uh, I kind of use that as an example to encourage everyone to you know, really make sure that you're, you know, leaning into video and then leaning into, you know, making things evergreen and keeping it moving forward. So that's great. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Owen, if you could close our conversation today by offering an additional thought or idea that could be implemented right away. That's a, a lot of pressure to say, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if I am qualified to give one overarching piece of advice, but I think I mentioned it earlier. I think trust and communication is so critical in these roles. And I, I think listening to your team and just trying it, like you never know what could happen. And I think having the confidence in whoever is running your social media to let them breathe a little bit and not worry too much about the red tape and let them try to be successful in this and just utilize your students, utilize whatever tools you have in your toolbox to meet the students where they are. Because ultimately, like I said, college is such an immersive experience over the course of four years. And it's so much more than just the name brand or the degree or whatever. Like you really wanna capture the essence of your institution and synthesize it in a way that is very digestible to people. And I think social media is such a great cheat code that we have for that. So finding a way to you know, get out there and put yourself out there and just see what happens. You never know when that one video could blow up for you. Owen, thank you for putting mic drop bookends on our conversation today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's very generous. Thank you, Troy. How would someone best contact you if they would like to follow up with you? Yeah, my email is just onight, O-K-N-I-G-H-T, at Tulane.edu. Um, we are on social media, obviously. We are only at Tulane on both TikTok and Instagram. 
All right, only a two-landed mission. You can just Google us and find us. And I got to give a quick plug since I did talk about him so much. Stuart Sox, our videographer, he has a couple documentaries. Uh, one's called To Decadence with Love, Thanks for Everything. And then he's working on another one right now about the Always Lounge here in New Orleans. So I want to shout out Stuart as well. That's great. That's Thank wonderful. You. Thank you for a wonderful conversation, Owen. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Bart, what are your thoughts before we end the podcast? I think Owen brought brought an A game to the conversation today. I really appreciated a lot of the very practical, you know, examples of what he and his team are doing at Tulane with with social media, especially with some of the vertical trends that are going on with TikTok and Instagram and, and what you can also apply to YouTube shorts. I think that there's a lot of really good content that we talked about, uh, especially in just the way that video can be used and, and the philosophy of kind of being a team, leaning into your students, leveraging them as as you know co-creators and, and co co-developers uh, of this stuff and, and really kind of leaning into their strength of just who they are, I think is really important. And there was one small thing that he said that I just want to kind of amplify a little bit that I really liked. I think that too many times admissions offices, we get so reliant on just the comm flow that's already built into the either the search process or built into you know post-application. I really like the fact that he and his team are really kind of getting impromptu and they're sending out these fun surveys. They're getting students engaged in a way that's beyond just the traditional transactional emails that go out or the testimonial emails that go out or the faculty emails that we all have in our conflows, but simply just going out and saying, hey, what do you think about this? What's this survey doing that? That's going to get you noticed and it's going to you're going to end up being an email that they're looking for rather than the one that they're wading through with the other 250 emails they get every day from every other list by in the country. So really like that idea. And I think that's one that uh, I'm definitely going to keep in mind myself. Thank you, Bart. The Higher Ed Marketer podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, providing precisely targeted programmatic ads to customized audiences. On behalf of my friend and co-host, Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.